Uh, recently, I discovered this activity pyramid for living a healthy lifestyle. I think there's a pyramid for everything these days. And uh, starting from the top down to the bottom, here are the suggestions. Cut down on sitting, watching TV, and working or playing at the computer. Three plus times a week, stretch and strengthen your muscles. I used to watch my dad doing his army stretching in the house that he would often do from the army. Uh, Three to five times a week, give your heart and lungs a workout. And then finally, the very bottom, every day, walk often and stay active. Now, all of these things are very, very helpful to increase and to maintain our physical health. You know, I have a question for us this morning. If we were to develop a spiritual activity pyramid for a spiritual healthy life, what would be on that pyramid? That's a good question, isn't it? What does it take to be a healthy Christian? Now, we are in a section of Mark's gospel at the end of chapter 9, where Jesus is dealing with this very issue. As you know, the uh, the disciples are at a time in their lives when they are really not very healthy. Uh, They've been arguing about who is going to be the greatest. They have been criticizing and competing with a believer who was not a part of their group. And Jesus knows if they do not get healthy, they are going to be more hurtful to his cause than helpful to it. By the way, we all know Christians like that, don't we? Isn't that a sad thing to say? We all know Christians who hurt the cause of Christ more than they help it. Open your Bibles for just a moment and look with me at Mark chapter 9. And I want you to notice with me verse 42. It's page 1005 in the Bible in the chair in front of you. And I want you to notice these words from Jesus. Mark chapter 9 verse 42. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. Now, the phrase here, little ones who believe, is a reference to immature, weak, or new believers. It's not necessarily talking about children, although they would certainly be included. And the word sin here, cause them to sin, is a word from which we get our word scandalized from. It means to stumble, to cause the downfall of someone, to cause a believer to fall away from God. Unhealthy believers do that, don't they? Sadly, unhealthy believers cause people to stumble. I had a conversation with a man one day. And he said that in his youth, he was scandalized by unhealthy Christians. He was now a mature man, and he still wasn't over what had occurred. And he said these words to me. He said, they were my leaders. 
How could they have done what they did? And this is so serious that I want you to notice that Jesus gives to us a warning. He says at the end of verse 42, it would be better for a millstone to be hung around a person's neck and for them to be thrown into the sea. Now, you know that drowning is a quick death. And Jesus is saying it would be better to have a quick death than to destroy the faith of others. Think of Jim Jones. Think of Joseph Smith. Think of David Koresh and the judgment that is awaiting men like that. Now, fortunately here today, no genuine Christian faces this fate. And all God's people said, Amen. But, but, we can damage other people by being unhealthy. And so Jesus addresses this with the disciples, and he addresses it with us. And you remember that he uses three very simple images. He uses the imagery of surgery and fire and salt to help us understand what it means to become healthy. Now, remember last Sunday, we saw the first image and the first principle. Healthy believers perform spiritual surgery on themselves regularly. Now today, we look at number two and three, and here's the second one, the imagery of fire. Healthy believers accept fiery trials that purify and refine them. Look down at verse 49. For everyone will be salted with fire. Let's take a moment, shall we, and pray together. Father, teach us today what it means to be a healthy follower of Christ. And help us to recognize, Lord, that unless we become healthy, we will damage people around us. We will be a greater stumbling block to the cause of Christ than we will a help to it. And it is such a serious matter that you call us in these simple images to follow the path of health for our welfare and the welfare of all around us. Guide us now, we pray today, for Jesus' sake, amen. You will notice in verse 49 that if you're reading the English Standard Version or the New International Version, that there is a little text note. And the text note adds this little phrase, and every sacrifice will be salted with salt. So some translations read verse 49, for everyone will be salted with fire, and every sacrifice will be salted with salt. And sometimes we wonder, where does this extra material come from? Uh, How did this footnote get here that's not a part of the original text? And here's probably what happened. Uh, There was a hand copyist who was copying a manuscript of the Gospel of Mark. And he noticed that Jesus' statement in verse 49 is similar to Leviticus 2.13. Uh, 
He uh, scribbled this little phrase in the margin, and that's where the reading came from. Now, I want to tell you, I'm very, very grateful for this copyist note because it is the key to what Jesus is talking about. Look at what Leviticus 2.13 says. And every offering of your grain offering you shall season with salt. You shall not allow the salt of the covenant of your God to be lacking from your grain offering. With all your offerings you shall offer salt. So the Old Testament sacrifices were to be salted... Salt purifies, so God was teaching his people, I want a holy sacrifice. Now, we are also sacrifices too, are we not? We are living sacrifices. Read Romans 12.1 with me. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, This is your spiritual act of worship. You see, God wants us to be pure as well. He wants us to be holy and pleasing to him. And so he says, for that to happen, we need to be salted so we can be pure. Now, did you notice what Jesus said the salt is here? He said the salt is fire. In the Bible, what does fire often refer to? It often refers to trials, doesn't it? In fact, Peter is probably the one who uh, shared with Mark this saying of Jesus. And you remember what Peter said in his first letter. He said, don't be surprised when fiery trials come your way. Now notice then what an interesting comparison Jesus is making between verses 48 and 49. Verse 48, Jesus is saying unbelievers will face the fires of hell. Believers will never face that judgment. But before we enter into heaven, verse 49, we must go through the fires of suffering. So what does Jesus mean here? He means... Accept the trials. That's what he's saying. Don't reject them. Do not become bitter towards God because of the trials that he brings your way. Let those trials salt you. Let them teach you. Let them refine you. Let them make you stronger and purer. Do we want to be pure? Remember what the Bible says about Jesus? He was holy, innocent, and undefiled. And that's God's purpose for every one of us. God wants every one of us to be holy, innocent, and undefiled. And so what he does is he salts our lives with fiery trials so that we might be purified. Many years ago, after a funeral service uh, that I conducted, uh, a lady met me in the parking lot. And with a big smile on her face, she said to me, 
thank you for your message in that funeral service. She said, every one of us needs to do exactly what you said to let Jesus into our lives. And I said to her, are you a Christian? This is what she said. She said, yes. I've been through many hard experiences in my Christian life, but I would never blame God. She said, I've learned so much. In fact, she said, now, I thank God for those experiences. And as she spoke to me, there was a joy in her life that was attractive, appealing. It was the joy of somebody who, through trials, was becoming a living sacrifice and therefore was pleasing and living a holy life unto God. And here's what our Lord is saying to us. If we accept the fire, submit to it, and let it teach us, it will lead us to spiritual health. You see, through the fire comes pure gold, deeper maturity, stronger character, new understanding, purity of life, and closeness to God. And you know what happens when we have those characteristics in our life? People like that do not cause other people to stumble. They don't. And so Jesus is saying to us, accept the fiery trials that God brings your way because his design is that they will purify you and refine you. Now let's look at the third image this morning. Image number three is the image of salt. And here we learn that healthy believers retain their Christian flavor. They retain their Christian flavor. By the way, this is a very interesting pattern in Jesus' teaching. He uses a word from the previous word to introduce the next subject. And then he uses a word from that previous word to introduce the next subject. So in verse 49, he says, everyone will be salted with fire. And then in verse 50, he picks up on this word salt, and notice what he says. Salt is good. But if the salt has lost its saltiness, how will you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. Now when Jesus says here, salt is good, salt was one of the most important seasonings in the ancient world. In fact, the rabbis considered salt to be necessary for life. In one of their wisdom sayings, they wrote this, the world cannot survive without salt. And now Jesus is comparing believers to salt. Previously, he had compared fiery trials to salt, but now he compares us to salt. Let me ask you this morning, if you were to answer this question, what are the basic uses of salt, what would you say they are? 
Well, let me give you the two of them. Number one, salt is designed to give flavor. Salt is designed to give flavor. Uh, I'd like to invite you over to uh, breakfast tomorrow morning. Uh, We're going to have hard-boiled eggs. Oh, by the way, we're out of salt. I wonder how many of you would sneak a package of salt into my home tomorrow morning (laughs) in your pocket. Oh, hard-boiled eggs without salt. Mmm, that's bland. Now, what's Jesus saying then? Believers bring flavor to a dying world. We know the world is a wicked, evil, very selfish place. But think about the things that we bring. We bring love. And boy, is that tasty. Jesus talks about at the end of this verse, peace, we bring peace, and that's delicious. As Christians, we we bring kindness, and boy, does that really turn our taste buds. And we bring holiness, and man, is that attractive. I was always surprised uh, in my younger years, they would come out every year with this uh, list of the most admired men and then the most admired women in, the, in, in America. And it always amazed me, in the top ten list, usually up near the top, was, was Billy Graham. He was always on that list. And even non-believers admired him and would seek his opinion because he had so much flavor in his life. See, he had the salt that Jesus is talking about. Here's the second thing. Second basic use of salt is it preserves freshness. It preserves freshness. Before refrigeration, salt was used to preserve meat. And in the ancient Near East, in a hot and often human climate, meat would rot very, very quickly. But salt would keep it fresh. And so what the Bible is saying here is believers defend against corruption in the world. We make the world a better place. We offer people a better life in Jesus. But notice what Jesus said. He said, if the salt loses its saltiness, how will you make it salty Again, do you know today salt never loses its saltiness? The reason is because it's refined, and we can take a salt shaker like that and put it on a shelf for months and months and months, never use it, pull it down, and it will still be salty because it is pure salt. But the salt in Jesus' day? It came from the Dead Sea. In fact, here are salt crystals forming on the Dead Sea 
to this very, very day. And because the salt from this region was unrefined, it had impurities. And here's what could happen. It could deteriorate, and it would leave behind a tasteless residue. It looked like salt, but it was absolutely tasteless. Now then notice what Jesus is saying. The same can happen to Christians. We can lose our flavor and have no preserving effect. I don't know if I've mentioned before, but Pastor Tony Evans was a professor of mine when I was in seminary. And one day I heard him say this, the problem in America is not getting non-believers to live right. The problem in America is getting believers to live right. And that's really what Jesus is driving at. We are the ones who have the flavor. We have the salt. If we lose that flavor... What chance does the world have? So when Jesus says here in verse 50, have salt in yourself, he is talking about our relationship to him. He is the source of our flavor. He is saying we are to maintain a vital walk with him. In fact, this is very much similar to what Jesus said in the image of the vine and the branches in John 15. Let's, let's read this together because it's very much what Jesus is saying when he says, have salt in yourselves. Uh, join me as we read this. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me... And I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Do you know what we could say in the image of the salt? If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will have much flavor. You will be a preserving person in a corrupt world, because apart from me, you can do nothing. Now this vital walk with Jesus that he's talking about, we have already seen in Mark's gospel. Right before chapter 9, Jesus said these things. He said, follow me. Learn from me and obey me. Trust and obey, as we sang earlier. He said, deny yourself. Put the priorities of Jesus in front of the priorities of the world. And then he said, take up your cross. Be willing to suffer for your allegiance to me. Did you notice the result in verse 50? What happens if you do this? You will be at peace with one another. This was the very thing at this time the disciples were lacking. 
You see, Christians who are maintaining their saltiness, they're not quarrelsome people. They're not arguing about who is the greatest. They're not critical or competing with uh, people who are not a part of their group or use their particular translation. People like this who are retaining their flavor don't put a stumbling block in front of others that turns them away from God. You see, peace is promoted by those who walk with Jesus and are promoting and living for his interests. By the way, did you notice that Jesus' half-brother James picked up on this? And he said that peace amongst God's people is one of the chief characteristics of believers who are retaining their salt. He said in James 3.13, a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Very same thing that Jesus is teaching. Very same thing. Uh, One Saturday morning, I uh, called a Christian friend of mine on the phone. And his little daughter answered the phone. And when I asked for her father, uh, the little daughter said this to me. Daddy is spending time with Jesus. He can't come to the phone right now. He'll call you back. Click. (laughs) Now, actually, I, I don't think that she hung up on me. But the message was loud and clear. And I thought to myself, if someone were to call my home on a Saturday morning, would they find me spending time with Jesus? Would my family say, it is so evident and important that he can't answer the phone right now? And would they say his time with Jesus is so important to him and to us that he will have to call you back later? Do you see? Are we retaining our flavor? Because we have a vital walk with Jesus. That's what he means here. You remember how we began? We began with this pyramid for a healthy physical life. And what Jesus has really been constructing for us here is a pyramid for a healthy spiritual life. 
Look what is on this pyramid. Let's read it together. And let's say, Lord, this is the path to being a healthy Christian who does not cause others to stumble and therefore is a person who creates peace within the body of Christ. Let's read it together, shall we? Number one, do spiritual surgery. Number two, accept fiery trials. Number three, retain salty flavor. That's Jesus' call to us. And it leads to the kind of health we all want. And we all know He is looking for. Let's take a moment, shall we, and ask Him to work this in our lives. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, I've been a pastor long enough to know that these are blind spots in our lives. They have been blind spots in my life from time to time. And I have observed them as blind spots in the lives of God's people over and over. Some of us today need to do spiritual surgery because there are things in our lives that are not healthy and we are the only ones who can deal with the wrongs that are there. Some have become weary under the load of fiery trials. And we're not at the place where the woman was who said, I don't blame God for them. I've learned so much. In fact, I now thank God for those experiences. And then others of us have taken a vital walk with Jesus for granted. If the phone were to ring in our home, perhaps it would be true that not on Saturday, maybe not on any day, would our family say, he or she is spending time with Jesus. And so I don't know where the blind spot might be in your life. But I know this, these are actions that Jesus is calling us to. And by the power of the Holy Spirit within us, who has liberated us so that we can follow after Christ, we have trusted and now we can obey. If we don't do something about these things, we will be unhealthy. And God forbid that in our unhealthy condition we should cause someone else to stumble. 
so that they would turn away from God because of what they've seen in us. The stakes are very high because they have to do with our spiritual health and the effect that we have on others. And so wherever the blind spot is in your life today, that Jesus has so effectively put his finger on, may you respond in the way he is calling you with surgery, fiery trials, and retaining your salty flavor. Whatever prayer you need to lift up to God today, lift that prayer up to Him now. As He speaks to your heart, and draws you after Him. Lord, forgive us today for the times in our lives when we have not been following the path to true spiritual health. Forgive us, Lord, for focusing our attention on other ways to be a healthy person, but ignoring the things that are essential to be a healthy Christian. And thank you, dear Savior, for your great patience with the disciples. You knew at this point in their lives they were not ready to take over the direction of your church. You knew they needed instruction. You knew they needed challenge. They even needed warning. So they would grow to be the men that we see in the book of Acts. And you have the same design and purpose for us. For the work of your church is ongoing to this very day. And we are part of it. And we desire to be your healthy followers. Lord, come and change us today. Make us different. Thank you for the great blessing of being together and learning from your word. For Jesus' sake we pray.